it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Pilot Flying J Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley as we move into a Tuesday. Gary! Bloomberg is doing something incredible in New Hampshire. (laughs) We have breaking Bloomberg news. It's a Bloomberg bombshell. I'll let you you do it because uh, you've just wanted to say the name of the city about 800 times in the last couple of days. I just wanted to say Bloomberg bombshell. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, So from uh, Dixville Notch. That's the first uh, little town. it's, It's a population of three and a half. Five and a half. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Bloomberg won both the Democratic primary and the, well, he won the votes in that small, small yeah. town. Yes. You think they have a sheriff? They have a sheriff and four deputies. <laughs> and then he, so, so he won how many, how many, what's the total? Can we call it? For Dixville, I think now? we I think we can call it because uh, on the in the Democrat uh, the Democrat primary yeah. he got two votes and then he also and won the Republican and primary. he also won the Republican primary yeah. with one vote with one vote yes yes and he was not on either ballot no that's how that's how rich people get things done. <laughs> so this is, this is how Bill, he he bought out hold it you, you know look how how i've got my calculator out here. how easy would it be for him to buy five people you know he's done it you know pay him off i don't mean well, like technically five, three okay only well i guess well yeah. i'm only saying that because i'm trying i've got my calculator out i'm trying to divide three by 180 million yeah well, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So he spent sixty million a vote. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he could have bought out all all five. See, it could be that those other two people were going to vote for Trump, and he paid them to stay home, or they're minors. <laughs> no, or, or, epi- no. or apathetic. I, I, th- I thought I thought the voting age in Dixville Notch is three. <laughs> I could be wrong on that. They they cast their vote at midnight in Dixville Notch. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because they have things to do. What is the problem? They can't wait till. Is is it like one of the new Marvel movies that opens up Thursday night at midnight? People can't wait till Friday. Now you're going to make me do research. On All right. <laughs> my, I just accepted that it was supposed to be that way with my, ever, without ever doing the research. Yeah. On it. I failed to do my research. Yeah. Now here's the problem. Uh, Tom Perez is all, already calling for a recount. <laughs> <laughs> So is Trump. Yes. <laughs> oh, and Beto called and said, I'm back in. Oh, uh, he's man. trying to get those two vo- two votes there in Dixville Notch. Okay, so there you go. They're uh, officially, I guess, off and running in New Hampshire. Well, who was it? He just brought up, was was it Prez yesterday saying that the, uh, it's time to get rid of all the caucuses and just yeah. have regular primaries? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not working for the party. Every what? time something doesn't, at least they're being consistent. You know, it, it usually is only when... Uh, when they get beat by the Republicans, but when their own party beats them, when their own system fails, uh, at least they're consistent. Uh, you know, we, we go back to, uh, 2016 
Uh, they prop you could go back to 2000 as well uh, with George W. Bush uh, and Trump not winning the popular vote by winning, but winning through the electoral college, the electoral votes. Uh, yeah, they um, anything that doesn't work in the party's favor, let's get rid of it. I'd say that right now, Tom Perez isn't working in the party's favor because they're <laughs> wow. they're a mess. Yeah, they it it really is. We'll get to that coming up here in uh, in a little bit. Uh, uh, we'll talk about New Hampshire, the last polls on New Hampshire. Yeah. The attorney general announces sweeping new sanctions on sanctuary cities. Hmm. Uh, Oscar ratings to a record low. Wow. Oh, oh, huh. oh, oh, oh. What? I read an article what? yesterday. What? Was it Vanity Fair? Uh, I'll find it here. I've, I've got it in my, I've got it in my, you know, huge pile. Right. right <laughs> my right, yeah. heaping, steaming pile heaping, of stories. heaping, steaming pile. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's, uh, and I actually, when I saw the headline, I thought of you. What? You said this a long time ago. It's basically the, the, uh, the age of the celebrity is dead because of social media. No, and, and this um, is in relation it, to the Oscars. Yeah, that, no, wait, and we it, said this a long, long time ago. A long ago. time ago. Yes. It's funny when I saw that, because uh, I saw that headline at Drudge, I just kind of chuckled because it is something we've been saying for years. Um, the, the adoration, there is no adoration like uh, self-adoration <laughs> these days. I mean, that's, that's basically where society is. I remember years ago uh, going to my niece's graduation. And small town, a couple hours away from here, and my uh, my daughter came out, and you know, she was like, you know that uh, that student that gave that speech, valedictorian. Uh, she said he did nothing but. By the way, he was he was a conservative. He said he's running for president in twenty thirty two, but he gave this speech and talked. And she said on our way out to the car, my oldest daughter said, "Dad, he did nothing but talk about himself." I said, "Well." He's part of a generation that really, uh, for most of his formative years so far, he's had at least two or three websites that dedicated to him, bringing attention to him, social media. And when you started seeing that, now you, you fold in what's happening with the Democratic Party. You know, we asked this, I guess, uh, I don't know, it was a few months ago. Where are the celebrities that are out in droves going... Well, I, I guess the first first one we noticed was Michael J. Fox this week, right? Uh, campaigning and and you know why is Bernie? He's uh, for Mayor Pete. He's campaigning, uh, endorsing Mayor Pete. But you really don't see these huge, popular, uh, 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 massive celebrity uh, backings like you did back in the day. Because so Michael Moore doesn't count yet. <laughs> well, he is a big celebrity, that's for sure. Um, but I mean, it. But that that even from the rank and file, that adoration isn't there, and it isn't there for Hollywood. I mean, they'll go see a movie, but it's like, so what? They, I, I, I think the age of the celebrity really is uh, gone, with few exceptions. Um, you don't see you don't see that kind of thing. I remember years ago, years ago. Uh, took my daughter uh, to see In Sync, and Pink opened up. Oh. Okay, remember, you know, the, oh. you, I see all the films of the Beatles. Of course, I never saw them live, but I mean, you see all the yeah the the and it was the screaming just never stopped. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing I remember from that concert. <laughs> By the way, Pink was awesome. She was, I mean, yeah. outstanding show. 
But NSYNC comes on stage. Again, this is back in the day. <laughs> For those under 70, NSYNC was a band. <laughs> Never mind. Um, but the, the screaming. And, and I just thought to myself, I don't know what that's like to, you know, just be screaming so loud uh, the entire time. It never stopped. And I, I you don't, you see lots of fans for musicians, but you don't, the, the celebrities don't get the same status they used to get. I think it's, I think it's pretty clear. I think no, it's, I think I, the age of celebrity. If, if I was on stage and that happened to me, I'd view that as an insult. Yeah, I would. I mean, I take it as a, I take it as an insult. You're trying like, to sing. Well, no, you're not even listening to yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm right. here to perform for you. You don't care. But then no. again, you paid money just to see me, so I'm not going to be too angry about it. Well, and you're making me a gazillionaire, so I'm not going to be too angry about it. But there was a little part of me that's saying, okay, I think David Cassidy felt that actually. That that what? he thought he actually played good and had good songs, and nobody listened to them. Mm-hmm. They just screamed. Yeah. Hmm. You ever see some of his concert footage? Mm. I've he, seen him. I, the I monkeys, him live. The, the, yeah. the monkeys, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, in his heyday. Right. You saw him in his heyday? No, David no, Cat- no, no. Well, that's what I no. meant. In his mm-hmm. heyday, mm-hmm. you couldn't, you know, it, it was impossible. It mm-hmm. was just, it was screaming from the moment they went on stage. No, I, I saw him in Vegas, and it was a bunch of us old people, and we were yawning. We weren't screaming. Oh, okay. No, <laughs> uh, no I mean, um, yeah, that... I don't know. Uh, I, I I just think that that kind of uh, adoration for you know putting putting these celebrities up on um, you know pedestals is gone more and more. But I, I I mean you have to include the AOCs of the world. You know, uh, I, I'm the boss. Everything is about her. Yeah, right. Whether it's you know a celebrity, whether it's uh, somebody else in the house, including the speaker of the house, she doesn't need anybody else. And and they don't they don't uh, put that kind of value in in uh, celebrities as as much as they do themselves. Well, I don't know. There was this uh, this performer out there just uh, uh, yesterday or just uh, last night mm-hmm. yeah. uh, that was uh, out there and uh, was getting a uh, a lot of cheering. Mm-hmm. Man, look at all that television back there! Whoa. <laughs> okay. That's. That's bigger than those terrible Academy Awards, I gotta tell you. That used to be, used to be big, not so much anymore. The yeah. first step to victory in November is tomorrow. Go send a message that Republicans, and you can vote for the weakest candidate if you want, don't worry about it. I don't really think we actually have a candidate against us. That Republicans are energized, that we're united, and that nine months from now, we are going to take back the House of Representatives. We are going to hold the Senate and we are going to keep the White House. Now it's very distracting. I'm speaking and a woman is mumbling terribly behind me, angry. There was a little anger back there. We're the ones should be angry. Not them. We're the ones that should be angry. But we proudly declared that we are in the midst of the great American comeback. Our country is stronger today than ever before. You know what you hear there, and, and we talked about this a while back. Um, in in that room, the, the people that there is, uh, you know, idolatry, no doubt. I mean, that's that work to some extent. But with Trump, it's different in that, and you've heard this about him, he connects more with the people in the construction hats than he does 
the executives making deals with his real estate. And the connection that he is making with his supporters right now, I, I, I haven't seen that in a long, long time. Because it was it, there was a different kind of idolatry in 2008 with Obama. It was it was a lot of euphoria and the promise of a uh, the the first black president. Well, now you have Donald Trump in a room with a bunch of friends, and that's really if you think about it. You and I talked off the air about this. Uh, you, you watch Dave Grohl on stage, Foo Fighters, and he's it's like one of his fans jumped on stage and grabbed a guitar. And he is, I mean, they just kind of blend together. With Trump, he owns the room, but it is a real connection that he has with his supporters. Well, he was actually able to make this point and got cheers. The wall is being built, I will tell you. The wall is being built. And, you know, they went after us on, everybody knows the wall is going up. So what's happening, you know, uh, you do know who's paying for the wall, don't you? Right. Redemption from illegal aliens that are coming. The redemption money is paying for the wall. <laughs> okay. Well, there wasn't a huge cheer. No. Not as big a cheer. Well, you, you know, came out in the and the budget's meaningless, by the way, that we said this yesterday. There's not really much to talk about in the budget because none of it's going to come none of it they're they're this is a deal for next year's budget right. it's not this year's budget they already made that arrangement uh you know that was made last year mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. this is really just setting the table for what might happen next year so it's all hypothetical right any discussion right. on the budget is really useless right uh they'll have continuing resolutions for the rest of the year so it really doesn't matter but it was noted that uh he requested uh two billion dollars for the wall and not the five billion from last year so you know, but he, but he didn't get the five billion last year, so will he get the two billion this year? But Mexico is not paying for the wall, and no, for the president no. to continue saying that it's like you don't need to do that. You need well, to do that back then. You don't need to do it now. I'll tell you, and, and we've said this uh, all along. I mean, he should be giving it to the head of the border patrol. Uh, by the way, a friend of mine, uh, uh, Raúl Ortiz, uh, that I went to school with, is now the deputy, a deputy chief. Uh, was sitting. He was actually sitting behind. Rush Limbaugh, if you notice the gentleman in the Border Patrol uniform mm -hmm. uh, sitting behind Rush Limbaugh at the uh, State of the Union address. Uh, that's my friend uh, Raul Ortiz, who is very knowledgeable, as all those agents are that have been working the border for a long, 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 long time. And we and this this was my suggestion from from very early on in this presidency, and that is give them their budget, let them tell you what they need, and they'll put it to work. I mean, Raul will tell you where all the problems are, at, at least along the Texas border with Mexico. And all those agents out there can tell you collectively and then up through their leadership what they need. Uh, but as you just pointed out, it's a promise that there's going to be some money for the wall, but that deal's got to get done. And it ain't done yet. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. Coming up following the bottom of uh, the hour, we will get to the uh, the last polls. And there's, let me see, four. There's one, two, three, four. Four okay. different polls that uh, that came out. I will tell you this. Sanders in the lead in all of them. Yeah. By yeah. at least seven. Yeah. So uh, he, it, 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 it looks like. You know, according at least in the polling, he has solidified himself. Who knows? Because quite a few stories yesterday about how New Hampshire Democrats are like, we don't know. Yeah, you right. were talking about that in our right. pre-show meeting. Yeah, like, that was the first thing you said to me. You just sort of chuckled and said, well, "I mean, see I, all the coverage where the New Hampshire Democrats, uh, we don't know. <laughs> we just don't. Know I just don't know. You know, the whole undecided thing. Um, I could see, you know, thinking, well, none of the above, but the this late in the game." The undecided thing, uh, just because there's been so much attention on it, um, unless you factor in the mess that is the Democratic Party. I mean, that's just where it is. Uh, Bernie, uh, he'll he'll take New Hampshire. Then you go to the South, and and Biden starts to perform, and and then what? You know, March third is is not that long away, and it's not that far away. Don't know. My latest conspiracy theory on Nevada is that uh, they're the, the and this should be the conspiracy theory for the Sanders folks. We're trying to help you out there. Yeah. Is that uh, they're trying to rig the election again because there hasn't been a poll that I've seen on Real Clear Politics since the 11th of January mm. where Biden's in the lead. What do, right. the, what do the polls look like right now in Nevada? What do the internal polls say? Right. But it's interesting, nothing on Nevada yet. And that that's the next, as we know, uh, caucus, which is uh, which is coming up. Also coming up, uh, Tom Steyer pushing for a $22 an hour minimum wage. Huh. Okay. Why not just make it 50? Uh, right. Why, made, and why 22, not 23? Right. Yes. Uh, the only solution for climate change, a professor has come out and said the only solution for climate change is not to have babies anymore and for the human race to go extinct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, Kaepernick and the X, uh, XFL. That story came up. Why isn't he playing in the XFL? <laughs> the commissioner said he wanted like 20 million. Yeah. The highest paid player, I think, doesn't even hit over 500000 in that league. Here's your, for, here's your forecast. Locally heavy rain, mountain snow, and gusty winds will impact the desert southwest, at least through the rest of the day today. Colorado, New Mexico, and Arizona getting the brunt of the snow. Southern Arizona, southern New Mexico, all rain. As you move over to northern Texas, you might even pick up some icing conditions, especially in the overnight hours. Also into central Texas, we have a chance for thunderstorms today. That system will be moving into Louisiana and producing a line of showers from Louisiana into Alabama and northern Georgia throughout the day. And rain, along with the system, will move from Louisiana all the way up through New Jersey today. For the second week in a row, we'll see at least five inches of rain from eastern Texas into southern Missouri and northern Louisiana, all the way in through the lower Ohio Valley. The setup is there. We're definitely going to see some flash flooding in the region. Your national forecast from Red Eye Radio, I'm meteorologist John Trout.
Russian assets. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. When we look at the, the big picture, and uh, I said this yesterday, and, and I still stick by it when, uh, you know, the the uh, the so-called experts are, you know, looking at Iowa and, and what happened and what did not happen and what did not happen in the counties that went Obama, Obama, Trump, uh, you didn't have a large turnout. And that's mm-hmm. what they were expecting. Right. And these are the part of the 200 counties. Scott Rashmussen has talked about it before. Mm-hmm. The, the, the pollster that the Democrats lost. These are 200 counties that went and voted for Obama, then Obama, then Trump. And so it's very important in for Democrats in the primary to see that there's a lot of excitement to remove Trump. One of the things I said yesterday, and, I, and I'll stick by this, is if you were a Democrat who decided to vote for Trump, what has he done to make you not vote for him again? Right. What I, would be the reason? What would be the, 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 the reason? Well, he's out of control. Democrats have made that point when he was running for president. Mm-hmm. Well, the things that he says, he was saying those things before he became president. Mm-hmm. You voted for him. You've already accepted who he is you voted for him because and and i believe most democrats voted for him i think the research would back me up on it and and the polling would back me up on it democrats voted for him because they thought this guy who cares about america and will get jobs for us yeah well when you when you look at the unemployment rate when you look at uh the participation rate which is i believe the highest in a few years i don't know how far it goes back but that just you know came out last week with the participation rate. I don't. I remember reading about it, and I don't know. Did that go back to two thousand one? The greatest since two thousand one. The uh, job participation rate, yeah, or was I'll, that twenty thirteen? I don't know. I'll double check which, which 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 one it was. But uh, the 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 fact is, when there's a tight labor market, people feel it. They know it's easier to get a job, and so uh, that's the only thing that matters to them. So I really don't know. And it's a serious question. It's not a um, not trying to be in any way uh, over the top in a rhetorical way. It's simply tell me why Democrats and independents who voted for Trump after voting for Obama in those counties two years in a row would have. Excuse me, not two years, two, (laughs) uh, two different times who voted for Obama and then decided we've had enough of him or voting for Trump. What changes them to vote for somebody who was not Trump? I don't know. Nobody's explained that to me. What is the incentive to do so? Well, they're getting sick and tired of all the... They voted for him. Does anybody who voted for... Does anybody who voted for Trump... You may be surprised at the level to the insanity of the Democrats... But did anybody think that this was going to be smooth sailing? Did anybody think that Democrats were going to come in? Well, we've accepted this guy. Did anybody expect that that was going to happen? That Democrats were going to accept him? That the the amount of insane rage, as we call a TDS, acute Trump derangement syndrome, anybody surprised at it? Not really. I think if you're if you're a Trump voter. If you're somebody who voted for Trump, you look at it and you say, you know, while all this was going on, he was still doing a lot of work. And he really wasn't getting a lot of cooperation. 
at all from the Democrats, and he really accomplished uh, uh, quite a bit. I've said this about Trump. I voted for him. I had reservations about him. But I like a lot of what he's done and a lot of what he didn't do that he said he was going to do. Mm -hmm. And so he's not as protectionist. He still has those times where I get a little bit irked at his protectionist policies. But they have hurt him. And I think he recognizes part of the hurt, you know, because of the protectionist policies that is put into a, that, that were put into effect. And now we're getting relief on them. You know, the tariffs on Canada, Europe, whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, China, we agree with. Well, what I disagreed with Trump was going out and saying that the tariffs were a great thing and would help the economy. All the evidence shows that's not the case. We brought to you yesterday that even though the numbers came out last Friday that look good for job creation, not for manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Manufacturing still in the toilet, lost 12,000 jobs uh, in in uh, January, and the majority of those jobs lost automobile jobs. And that's the part of the new NAFTA, USMCA, that we disagreed with, which makes it more expensive now to produce cars in the United States, Mexico, and Canada, which means you're more likely to ship those jobs elsewhere in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and so, uh, but... Overall, when you look at USMCA, except for that part of it, 98% is roughly the same as the old NAFTA. So I'm happy. I thought it was going to be, by his rhetoric, by his own rhetoric in the campaign, I thought he was going to be a lot more protectionist than actually, you know, that deal ended up uh, ended up being. And so, uh, and I do believe that's part of it. And look, I believe there was a learning curve and he brought Larry Kudlow in. And I said when he brought in Larry Kudlow, it was like bringing in you or me Mm -hmm. because Larry Kudlow's view in the economy is the same. And I think you've seen some moderation there. So overall, as I've stated before, if you've listened to this show, you know, I've criticized uh, since I've been a talk show host for 31 years, every Republican president and have got flack for it. You you the same way. You've Mm -hmm. had no problem uh, attacking Republican presidents when they've when they've done wrong. The normal Republican president, if I look at it over the you know my years as a talk show host, I would say, and Republicans in general in Congress and in the Senate probably agree with about fifty percent of the time. Mm-hmm. Right, Democrats it's close to zero. Republicans about fifty percent. Trump probably seventy to eighty percent if you were to lay everything out. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy. Right. And when people say to me, well, how could you have possibly voted for him and and show any type of support for his policies? I do what Eric has advised me to do. I just point that person, that person, that person. Insanity, insanity. As we have stated, Trump, Trump is going to drive the left nuts. But everything is everything is by comparison, right? Sure. Compared to Democrats, Trump has now become the normal one. Well, he is the normal guy in the group, in the room. Um, and the adult in the, the room. The adult in the room. No, seriously. <laughs> yes, um, yes. And, and, and you know, um, his victory lap after, you know, I mean, post-impeachment, his victory lap keeps going. You know, I, I have to include State of the Union in that, even though mm-hmm. the trial wasn't done yet, it was pretty much done. It was done except for the formalities of going through the vote. Uh, but beyond that, I mean, that wasn't 
That wasn't like a rally. That 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 was a campaign speech. It was a it was pointing to accomplishments and also um, paying respect. You know, you've probably seen all of the um, videos and they're edited videos. Every every time uh, the they, what they would do is from State of the Union, the president would acknowledge someone, acknowledge uh, the young girl, the fourth grader. Uh, who got the scholarship, and then, then then they inserted Nancy tearing up the speech. Because the point that was being made is that when she tore up that speech, she was tearing up the tributes that he was making and those positive moments that even by Dem- a few of them by Democratic standards even, um, they were applauding. That was something that, again... Is, is part of what's going on with the left. They can do nothing but, on, I mean, right now, on the debate stage, what are they doing? They're trying to appease special groups, very small groups, each one of them and every one of them, and then they're promising to punish. Punish, punish, punish. People don't, people don't, that's not, that's not how you attract people or motivate them to go to the polls. The far left is a given. They're going to go because they hate Trump. It doesn't matter who gets the nomination. But the Democrats are going to have a hard time, regardless of who it is that is the nominee, motivating people in November. And that's a big problem. And they're already seeing it. You look at the turnout for, and, and they're screaming about it, for Iowa. And they're wondering why. The far left is wondering why people aren't angrier at Trump. And I'll tell you why. Because things are good. Well, you, you and I were talking about the article that David Harsani wrote in the National Review about uh, Joe Biden's incoherent Second Amendment rant that lets yeah. count the ways in which Joe Biden misunderstands gun rights and goes into the, the fact that this is maybe the first time in history that a serious presidential contender has publicly gamed out how a modern American military armed with F-15s and air-to-surface missiles would crush an imaginary citizen-led insurgency... Yeah, you know, right. It's like this, and and he's just like you know. It's just it's unbelievable. Uh, but as you and I, had just after reading you know the headline and and the first sentence there, let us count the ways in which Joe Biden misunderstands gun rights. Joe Biden does not misunderstand gun rights. No, he no, un- he does not. Joe Biden understands exactly why the Second Amendment exists. Yes, he's trying to tightrope, and it's not succeeding with the far left. And he's trying to make the case, I'm a hunter, as you said. He goes, he's making the John Kerry argument from 2004. Yes. You know, John, that, you know that, that, that I I I don't want to take your gun and then and try and convince you that guns are only for hunting. Right. I'm a hunter. I'm a hunter. It's like, wow, you're really you're still trying to, to use that. It shows you how lost he is. He Joe Biden understands exactly why the Second Amendment exists. Yes. He's a smart enough person. He understands completely. He, he, he can't go there. He can't. He's playing he's playing the John Kerry game so hard he named his son Hunter. Well, you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, son, I had to name you Hunter because you know the whole uh, thing with uh, you know no, that's grabber. funny. I know that's really yeah. <laughs> that was so obvious. That was so obvious. Mm. It was your observation was good, and it was mm. right there for everybody to see. Yep, I was. I was just waiting for my moment. Yes, <laughs> but I, I mean, but, but but think about this. 
what a dumb anybody who is a gun rights uh, person when somebody comes on and says well i'm a hunter and the second amendment protects hunters so what you're saying is i have the right to shoot an animal and maybe mm. protect myself from that animal maybe, or if i'm out somewhere coming after me yeah but i don't have that right to protect myself from bad people who might be coming after me or an oppressive government right you're really trying to sell that to a critical thinking Second Amendment person. I don't think that's going to hold any water. He he didn't go full Beto, but he but it's it's in that same arena. He's also the same guy that said if someone breaks into your home, you should grab that hunting gun, the shotgun, and shoot it and in take the air. it outside and shoot it in the air. That's pretty smart. That's that's a smart thing to do. By the way, that's a stupid thing to do. It, it, it's completely stupid. Don't but do that. We'll go over some of the polling here from New Hampshire, but I just want to give the general picture because uh, it's, you know, who knows what will happen between now and then. We we never know. Hmm. But uh, as we have said now for the last year, this is Trump's to, to lose. It is. It is. And and honestly, here we are. Um, you know, you get into the spring, you get past Super Tuesday. Uh, it's going to be obviously the, the, the focus on, on the primary. Um, if you get to Super Tuesday... And Bernie, it looks like it's it basically will be Biden or Bernie. Man, what does the party do there? I mean, honestly, where where do they put their resources? They don't want Bernie. They don't think he can win. But the grassroots support behind Bernie is right now very clear. More than 200,000 new individual donors in January alone. 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. So the four polls here, uh, uh, you've got uh, the UMass poll, the Emerson poll, Boston Globe, CNN. Uh, the CNN poll, Sanders up by seven. Uh, Boston Globe, Sanders up by eight. Emerson's uh, seven. UMass, eight. So he's in first place in every one. Uh, let me see. In every single one. Buttigieg is in second place mm. with 22, 19, 23, and 17, depending on who you're uh, looking at. And uh, Biden, uh, fifth, 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 hmm. fourth. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was, I, I knew that, um, well, he knew. Uh, that uh, that it was a wash in New Hampshire that it just wasn't going to happen for him. Uh, we'll see how he does in the, the South. That's what I'm curious about in terms of uh, his, any momentum that he had. You know, the polls seem to be aging very quickly. You know, uh, for for Biden, is he lose? Will he lose momentum, or will those polls, you know, be fairly accurate once you get to South Carolina? Where does Warren go? I don't know, but because her money's not coming in uh, very uh, rapidly these days. She's not getting a lot of money.
This hour's news is brought to you by Travel Centers of America, home of World Lens Coffee, the freshest roast on the road. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Pilot Flying J Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. I'm Gary McNamara, along with Eric Harley. This hour brought to you by Freightliner. Run smart. Helping you run more efficiently is Freightliner's number one goal. All right, here we go. It is New Hampshire time. Tomorrow is an historically important day. Let us go forward. Let us have the largest voter turnout in the history of the New Hampshire primary. Let's win this thing. Let's transform America. Bernie Sanders. At a moment when our country is so divided, we can't risk further polarizing the American people. That's why I'm very concerned about the suggestion that either you got to be for a revolution or you must be for the status quo. Because that's a vision of politics, an all-or-nothing vision that most of us can't see where we fit in. Pete Buttigieg there, and I swear at the end of one of the words there, it sounded like he was trying to impersonate Obama. I don't know if you heard that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if you heard that, but I did. Here's Elizabeth Warren. (laughs) I've got the best chance to beat Donald Trump because I can bring our party together. I've got the best chance to beat Donald Trump because I run on core Democratic ideas and values that every Democrat can get behind, everyone in our party can and should get behind, and that also pull in Republicans and independents. That is how I'm going to beat Donald Trump, and that should be our number one job come November. Well, that would be an interesting challenge to see if you could actually get uh, Republican votes for Elizabeth Warren, as uh, she claims that uh, she would uh, be able to uh, <laughs> get. I would uh, doubt that that would be highly likely. Well, I don't know. We haven't heard from Bill Crystal yet. <laughs> you hear his group <laughs> is uh, is encouraging Republicans in uh you know, or independence or whatever it is in New Hampshire to yeah, vote for. Right. Um, the other guy. The, the, <laughs> yeah, the other guy. I, I, I don't know. I just read it yesterday. I just sort of laughed and yeah. I, I read like the first two sentences and went, stop it. Okay, just, look. Just stop it. Uh, Bill Crystal's group isn't as large as Dixville Notch. <laughs> so let's just be just, very clear. <laughs> well, I, you, this... I'm I'm really I'm I think we're all in a way I mean we're probably a lot of people are angry I am I'm fascinated by where politics in general has gone I was reading this uh, uh column from Richard uh, Benedetto Be- Benedetto from uh, realclearpolitics.com former USA today uh White House uh reporter and he did this story in Real Clear Politics which is Democrats achieve total buzzkill in New Hampshire and he goes on and, and talking about how they talk about the fact that you have to vote against Donald Trump because we need a president of decency. And then they go on to curse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. And I think it's making yeah. they try to make the point, you know, what is what is the election uh, uh, all about? 
He goes, most of the candidates' uh, pitches at various forums, rallies, town halls, and political dinners here are downright serious, often sharp-pointed, laden with anger, and spit out like bullets from a revolver, especially when the uh, the uh, uh, target is Trump. He's a bad man. He's an incompetent president. We're going to kick his ass, shouts Tom Steyer, the billionaire investor. Hmm. This kind of talk draws huge cheers, and he's not averse to using them over and over and over again. Steyer is not one of the top contenders, but he's a compelling presence at the big events crowded with Democratic voters, and they reflect the general tone of the candidates' pitches. The election is a decency check on this president, said former South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg. The heart of America is bigger than the heart of the guy in the White House. Uh-huh, right. But if this election is a decency check on the president, it's certainly not one on the Democrats' salty language or on an anger that's never far from the surface. I support impeaching Brett Kavanaugh, fumed Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders. I'll be damned if I'll lose this election to this guy, Trump, shouted former Vice President Joe Biden. He doesn't have a shred of decency in him. Sometimes the Democrats' fury is just directed in any old fashion. When a young woman asked Biden whether his poor Iowa showing was a bad sign, he called her a lying dog-faced pony soldier. <laughs> Whatever that means... This has been going on the entire primary season. <laughs> Beto O'Rourke's campaign sold T-shirts simply that said, "This is effed up." When the former Texas congressman was, uh, the former Texas congressman was so fond of that word that Politico published a story asking, apparently without irony, "Can the f-bomb save Beto?" His fellow Texan, Julian Castro, must have known us in an appearance last spring on Bill Maher's HBO show. He dropped dropped two BSs. He used it on NPR, too, which struck his interviewer as inappropriate. But by then, Cory Booker was spreading BS himself. And then he goes on to talk about the fact the only one that really doesn't seem to be completely and totally furious and angry is Klobuchar. <laughs> he said she actually seems to have a sense of, uh, of humor, but he said even Warren. He said, if they were doing any of this to be funny, it would be one thing. But these Democrats are all serious all the time. They are on a mission for change that does, does not allow for a light touch. Now is the time not to only beat Donald Trump, but to transform this country, Elizabeth Warren said uh, uh, last week. By the way, Sanders is saying that uh, transform the country has really hit big time. Uh, and... I started thinking about this yesterday that when and we've talked about this before, but it's just the thought came in my mind again yesterday when just trying to look at an overview as as we go into New Hampshire. Right. And and then it's Nevada and then it's Super Tuesday and then we're going to have a clear idea where this is going. So we're just weeks away from it. The ideologues actually are in the Democrat Party. When you think about it, if you if you're if if you're if you take your political biases out of it and just look at it and say where's the country going if you can set yourself back from it and say okay i'm just going to observe yes i've got my own political biases but i'm going to observe what's going on here who are the ideologues who are saying things that are just have to be based on on an ideal on being an ideologue because they're just downright crazy we talk about the green new deal we talk about everything that the democrats have talked about we talk about open borders we right. talk about things that the majority of the public view as insane that can only come from an ideologue right 
Yes. And you look at it and you say it's the Democrat Party that is transfixed on it and stuck in the mud. They will not move from it. That's why Bernie Sanders is where he is right now. That's why you've got a ton of people, Democrats, that are worried, saying, what happened to our party? Well, we warned you on this when you have the victim-oppressor mentality, and we warned Democrats about this, what, five, six, seven years ago? Mm -hmm. We said you can't do that. You're going to split your party. Everybody becomes a victim or an oppressor. And, you know, this is the logical outcome of it. When you look at the Republican Party, now, granted, I'm not happy how they've moderated on some of the issues. But the fact is, which party has been willing to actually moderate or become more moderate? It's the Republican Party. Much to my dismay. That's yeah. yeah. Again, that's yes. not the the point. Is not our own political biases. Right. It is what is the reality of the party? Mm-hmm. Who has opened themselves up to uh, to more ideas out there? Well, it's, I mean, it's you, obviously you, the Republicans and yeah. Trump. Trump is not an ideologue. Trump is when you look at it. Trump's not an outright. Now, I will say this, and one of the good things we have found out that he seems to be more socially uh, conservative. Mm-hmm. which, again, drives the Democrats nuts. I was reading an article last week saying, don't be fooled, he's not pro-life, he's pro-choice. And it came from a Democrat, by the way. Yeah, It's like, well, whatever he may be personally, what he is promoting politically is m- much more the right-to-life argument without question. Mm-hmm. And so you see a variety of different things that he has done, but really he, on on budget items and other things, he is quite moderate he isn't that person who wants to as remember we were at world war three back just a month and a half ago how that disappeared completely mm-hmm. nobody's buying it nobody's no. buying it no no it, it is it's the, the what the mentality that drives that overreaction and and um the 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 pumping of uh the story i guess they they pump up the story and they overreact in these newsrooms, these activists, uh, the whole bombshell thing. But then with the killing of Qasem Soleimani, oh. it was, it was, oh my gosh. What wasn't, didn't somebody, didn't somebody write the article, what to tell your children? Yes. How to explain the killing of Qasem Soleimani to yes. your children? Yes. It was easy for my, me and my grandkids. Hey, we just killed a really bad guy. It was that simple? But that's they 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 took that and ran with it as if we were going to war. Uh, remember when uh, when the missiles uh, were coming over from Iran into into Iraq, uh, and it was the night that the airliner was taken down by Iran. They were trying to play that. Remember the first Gulf War, CNN, Wolf Blitzer, Bernie Shaw. And and uh, all the CNN reporters that were there, and you know they would, uh, they were they were showing. Uh, it, it it seemed that night, when when Iran was lobbing those missiles, that they wanted to go in that direction. They wanted you to believe this was going to be like the next war. We were going to war with Iran, and then that just kind of went away. It just kind of died away. You know, I I think the Democrats wanted to play that up. I think the activists in the newsroom want, uh, newsrooms wanted to play that up. 
because I think they wanted to tie that to impeachment. Look, he's not responsible. He's dangerous. Uh, and now you have Bernie saying he's the most dangerous president ever. On foreign policy. No, he's not. I, I, not I, I don't, not I don't, close. R- remember how this guy's reckless. He's going to get us into a nuclear oh, yeah, war. Right. I don't think any American truly buys that. Well, what, back when he was calling. If you are, you're lying. Yeah. Um, back when he was calling uh, Kim Jong-un uh, little rocket man, it was we need to start duck and cover all over again because he's going to start a nuclear war. Uh, and it's it's only a matter of time. Next thing you know, there, of course, it's not going anywhere. Nobody, I don't think anybody believed, even if you ask the president, uh, I don't think anybody believed there was going to be some kind of real deal with North Korea. But nonetheless, it was unprecedented what he did, the, the so-called summit. And... The left over and over again. They they overplay their hand to the extent that I, I do wonder. Go back to Chachi. Uh, Scott Bayo who said, look, I'm from Queens. This guy's from Queens. He's messing with you. He's just messing with you. I don't think he's doing that with foreign policy. But I think he loves watching the media overreact to things mm-hmm. that are... Very natural and, and have been, I think, in modern times, especially in the war on terror, have been uh, well within what you would expect from a president who is going to be proactive in killing our enemy. I, I think one evolution politically that has happened in this country is, uh, and you even had Bloomberg say it just a couple of weeks ago, where we believe we can get under Donald Trump's skin. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it overall, that might have been Donald Trump 2016, 2017. Mm. That isn't Trump today. The opposite is ha- is happening. He's getting under all of their skin. Look at this as, you know, the article I just read. Everybody is just in, I mean, they're, they're to the point of, of total insanity with their rhetoric. You know, Bernie Sanders coming out and saying he's the most dangerous president in the history of, you know, of the country. Well, that rhetoric is so over the top, it just doesn't sell anymore. Now, maybe Trump would have responded to that in a way which might have made you go, hmm, hope he's okay. Yeah, right. But now he's been president for three and a half years. Everybody knows that's just the way that he is. Yeah. But basically what he does, foreign policy, seems to be quite good at it. Is he a warmonger? Not really. Doesn't seem to want to go to war and lose American uh, uh, troops. But no, he will kill terrorists. And then you have just a debate last week where they're talking about, no, no, I wouldn't have killed Soleimani. And it's you're in you're in bizarro land here. Yeah, right. And you're just like none of none of these people just apply just to, to even to the center left, Eric. They don't they don't make sense anymore, too. No, no. no, they don't. And that's why you have the center left, which is pretty far left. Uh, <laughs> right. But that's why the Democrats are worried right now. They look at it and say, wow, you can't even relate to the center left right now of this country. Yeah. And, and I think I think right now they they're looking at exactly what we saw coming after the la- last election. We told you this would happen and there's no way to make a party gel. I mean, certainly they'll end up eventually with one nominee, I think. But I mean, this is not a party right now that is motivating people to get to the polls. If Trump doesn't motivate them, you know, to get out, because that's all they've got 
the anti-Trump vote. If he's not driving that, he'll get over 50. Well, the the problem is if Democrats can't drive Democrats to the polls yes. based on the fact that they're promoting he's the worst president in the history of the world ever. 866-90-RED-EYE. Tips from J.J. Keller and Associates Incorporated on preparing for 2020. Drug and Alcohol Clearinghouse. By now, you've probably heard about the Drug and Alcohol Clearinghouse. It launched on January 6, 2020. Do you know how the Clearinghouse affects you? Drivers who are looking for another job or have a DOT drug or alcohol violation must register on the site. It's where employers will turn for DOT drug and alcohol testing records about you. Prospective employers will go there to look at your record. You can visit the site to be sure that your information is correct, a very important aspect of the site for you. Once you register, access to the site is free. If you're subject to DOT testing, it's good to check the site to be sure your information is correct. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates Incorporated. Visit us at jjkeller.com. This has been the Meritor Driver Report, brought to you by Pilot Flying J, Shell Rotella, and Meritor Aftermarket. Run with the bull. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. This hour for Freightliner, Run Smart. Helping you run more efficiently is Freightliner's number one goal. Let's go to Bruce in Michigan. Bruce, hi. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome. Hi. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Very good. Good. What's up? Good deal. I was listening to you talk about Barney a little bit ago there, and I'm I'm just sitting back, as you say, kind of objectively watching this. And I'm thinking that he's being maneuvered into the position so that he'll go head-to-head with Donald Trump in the general election. After the poor showing that they had there with the caucus uh, accounting there in Iowa, they're going to try to make up for this there. The the Democratic machine is not exactly well-oiled yet. So the rest of them are going to kind of fall by the wayside. Uh my my observations are is that Buttigieg is going to be his, his closest contender there. Then Klobuchar is going to flourish for a little bit and go away. Biden's going to go away. Bloomberg, he's just trying to buy the presidency. That's not even going to work. Well, uh, again, I uh, if you're trying to make the point that the DNC is behind Sanders, that's what I would disagree with. I think yeah. there's... A tremendous amount of fear that Sanders is not now his supporters do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His his supporters believe that, you know, he is the guy. And I will say this, even though I haven't heard this, I if Bernie came out and said, look, this is my time now. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm running out of time that 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 might resonate. Right. Uh, with, with his supporters, but well, I don't. Yeah, right. no. A lot of Republic or a lot of Democrats, and a lot of the members of the DNC are not happy that Sanders is having this showing.
listen live on our app, in your app store, or redeyeradioshow.com. Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric. I'm Gary, 866-90-RED-EYE. This hour for Freightliner, Run Smart, helping you run more efficiently is Freightliner's number one goal, TeamRunSmart.com. It's a great website, a huge community, tens of thousands of drivers and industry professionals that share information. Uh, you can join it, TeamRunSmart.com. Be a part of it. The Team Run Smart pros are out there hauling freight in their Freightliners just like you are, and they're blogging about it every single day. Each of the... Team Run Smart pros are at different stages. Uh, you have owner operators, you have uh, company drivers. Uh, it's a really great mix of very diverse group of drivers who are out there sharing those experiences uh, in their freight liners and on the road with you. So check it out, please. TeamRunSmart.com by Freightliner. And uh, William Barr, the Attorney General, spoke yesterday. Uh, to reporters on Sanctuary Cities and also on Rudy Giuliani and any information he might have on the Bidens. Pierre. General Barr, Senator Graham says that uh, Rudy Giuliani will be providing the department information on related to Ukraine and the Bidens. What is the process for receiving this information? Who will uh, evaluate it? And uh, is this something that you feel you need to refuse yourself of? Well, as, as I've previously said, the, the, the DOJ uh, has the obligation to have an open door to anybody uh, who wishes uh, to provide us information that, that they think is relevant. Uh, but as I did say to Senator Graham, in, in, uh, we have to be very careful in, uh, with, it, with respect to any information coming from the Ukraine. Uh, there are a lot of uh, agendas in the Ukraine. There are a lot of cross-currents. Uh, and we can't take anything we receive from the Ukraine at face value. And for that reason, uh, we had uh, established a, an intake process in the field uh, so that uh, any information coming in about Ukraine could be carefully scrutinized by the department uh, and its uh, intelligence community community partners uh, so that we could assess its provenance uh, and its credibility. And, you know, that is true for all information uh, that comes to the department relating to the Ukraine, including uh, anything Mr. Giuliani might provide. There you go. All right. And the headline says uh, Attorney General William Barr, DOG, is vetting Giuliani's info. It's not what he said. That's not what he said. Yeah, I'm amazed at some of these headlines that that are coming out uh, on this and and i've heard julie excuse me i've heard uh uh um lindsey graham talk about it mm. i haven't heard giuliani saying he is giving it to him now and that it is currently being vetted right that it's happening right now right yeah. that, that i haven't heard uh, either and that's all uh, got to one email saying you guys are completely wrong on it uh his podcast explain it i don't want to hear from rudy giuliani no, it's oh, not Rudy Giuliani. I want to hear anymore. I know what the accusations are. Right. I want to know the validity of validity of the evidence that he has. Yes, that's what we're looking for. Well, we're looking for the process to to uh, move to start. forward, and, right. and 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 right. that really is on on Rudy for him right. to hand that over, and then uh, the DOJ, uh, as they said, I mean, you, it, it was clear. I mean, they're going to. You can't take anything of face value uh, coming from Ukraine, which, by the way, was. Kind of one of my thoughts. I, I didn't mention it on the air yesterday. It's like, okay, what information do you have and how solid could that be? But frankly, 
it's a moot point because that's not for me to decide. It's only a question that I have. That's, of course, going to be up to the Department of Justice if Rudy turns it over. But that's that it's Rudy's move. Right. It's it's uh, uh, Rudy's move because just to have the information and claim you have it, but do nothing with it takes you nowhere. Now, again, uh, we keep getting, you know, the same thing. It's almost that there's talking points that exist out there for this, uh, which is quite interesting, which is, well, you can't trust the swamp with it. Well, uh, Well, who's the swamp? Yeah. Which uh, is is bar part of the swamp now by someone's definition? I mean. And it bars part of the swamp, then, well, then all is lost because Rudy making the claim without being able to get verification of the evidence that he has independent. Uh, uh, because remember, he is the president's lawyer. So right. getting independent verification of it, which would be the Justice Department, or as we said, bring in your own people, bring right. in your own other, bring in other former attorney generals and have them. Have them disseminate and vet the evidence that you have. Yep. Right. And then then take it to the you know the attorney general. But to sit there and say, well, you can't trust anybody, well, then you're not going to get anywhere with it. They're just allegations, and you're right back to the Democrats. That's our point. We don't want the Republicans to be doing what the Democrats did. If you have the evidence, get it vetted, get it verified, make sure it's authentic, and then you can move forward with that, you know, from that particular point. Yep. And if you're not happy with the attorney general and you believe the attorney general is now part of the swamp, which has been a, a quick 180 because I, I didn't know that existed, uh, you know, before this, before the Rudy Giuliani allegations and our comments on it, that all of a sudden, uh, well, no, you can't trust the AG with it. Well, then what do you do with it? Right. Yeah. You're, to, to make you the, basically have no uh, because that you're just going to have to then Rudy's just going to have to keep talking about it, I guess. Because right. that's the only way you can vet this. That's the only way that you can uh, start anything. Because the, the idea is that Rudy's going to turn over something that's that's damaging. Um, and if if the DOJ finds criminal behavior on the part of Americans, they go after uh, those those people. But if you can't trust anybody, then I guess we don't, we're done here, right? Right, we're done. There's no use having a discussion. If you right. can't, it's not going to go anywhere. Exactly. It's, it's dead, and we're never going to find out about the Bidens. Yes, right. Because the allegation itself, or a podcast, or saying this is the document here without verifying that the document is all the documents that, that supposedly connect all the dots. Because hmm. remember, we said this. He accused Biden of bribery. Right. The Joe, not not Hunter, Joe Biden took and gave the bribe. Yes. That's almost a quote. Right. From from yesterday, what he said. Well, uh, we're not going to go with Adam Schiff's definition of bribery. <laughs> right. We're going to go with the current law that exists today. <laughs> right. That should be quite easy to prove. If you have the documents to prove it and the documents can be authenticated now, because bribery now, isn't bribery. Right. If, if you say you've got that's the point, he said, I've got it. I've got the smoking gun Well, then present it for verification. Right. That's our point. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah. to sit there and say, well, he's delaying because of the swamp that exists. What are you talking about? So bars now part of the swamp is Durham part of the swamp. Could we so, get all the swamp people on the left and the yeah. non-swamp on the right, please, so we can 
And our our thing is if Juli- if Giuliani has it, great. Yeah. That's no, you know if no, if, if he yeah. has, if he has the evidence, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, per, right. Per you know, present it. But it's been two months now. He's been claiming he has it, and he can go through and say this is what happened, and this is a scenario. Unless the documents are independently verified and can be looked at precisely, the entire the totality of what he has, it's useless. That's our yes, point. Exactly, it's useless. Yeah. It doesn't go anywhere. Then you're just like the Democrats throwing out allegations without ever getting them uh, uh, verified and authenticated. Right. And so we're not we're not wrong on this. Well, and and again, we're not saying that Rudy doesn't have the evidence. Right. No. I, in fact, um, if if he doesn't have the evidence, if this turns out to be a big goose egg. And uh, then we're there's, there's there's no choice. The president has to fire his personal attorney. But again, it's 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 his move. Go, Rudy. Right. Take so, it to bar. We'll see what happens. Uh, also, uh, he announced uh, bar announced sweeping new sanctions charging. This is from Fox charging that so-called sanctuary cities that protect illegal immigrants are jeopardizing domestic security. Attorney General Bill Barr announced a slew of new additional sanctions that he called a significant escalation against left-wing local and state governments that obstruct the lawful functioning of our nation's immigration system. Speaking at the National Sheriff's Association 2020 Winter Legislative and Technology Conference, Barr said the Justice Department would immediately file multiple lawsuits against sanctuary jurisdictions for unconstitutionally interfering with federal immigration enforcement and implement unprecedented national reviews of left-wing sanctuary governments and prosecutors. Let the state, let us state the reality up front and as clear as possible, Barr began. When we are talking about sanctuary cities, we are talking about policies that are designed to allow criminal aliens to escape. These policies are not about people who came to our into our country illegally, but have otherwise been peaceful and productive members of society. They express per, their their express purpose is to shelter aliens from local law enforcement, uh, is to shelter uh, aliens whom local law enforcement has already arrested for other crimes. This is neither lawful nor sensible. The Department of Justice has now filed a federal complaint against the state of New Jersey, seeking declaratory and injunctive relief against the laws that forbid state and local enforcement from sharing vital information about criminal aliens with DHS. Additionally, we are filing a complaint seeking relief against King County, Washington, for the policy that forbids DHS from deporting aliens from the United States using King County International Airport. Uh, Barr said, "Well, it's about time that they, you know, that they did that. Mm. You know, you know, part of the law, that might, the precedent that might back them up on it. Mm. You and I have talked about this before. What the Supreme Court decision from Arizona." Oh yeah, right. <laughs> that, exactly. That, that the Democrats cheered, and this is this is when this is when local law enforcement was trying to help. Yes, cus- not hurt. Right. Help customs. Right. right. And the Supreme Court stated, no. Uh, if the federal government says they don't need your state support, then you can't give them support. Right. Well, then you certainly can't work against them. Exactly. It is because they decided it was the government's role, the the federal government's role. To protect and enforce the borders, we said we said this. Well, I guess it was early on. It was probably twenty seventeen. 
Yeah. When we first talked about this and said the Arizona case probably is going to, you were the, I think you were the first. I, in fact, I remember the pre-show meeting where yeah. you said, you know what, you know what could be the stopper on all this, the Arizona case. Because if the Supreme Court has ruled that the federal government, it's the federal government's role, which essentially what they were saying was whatever the federal government says on policy, if if in the case of Arizona, if they request local enforcement, then that's one thing. But they can't, local enforcement in Arizona can't go out and enforce the border the way the federal government does. That is the federal government's role. It, you have to apply that here. That has to be a precedent. Right. If you can't help the federal government if they don't want the help you can you certainly can't hinder the federal government nope and we had said this back then we said you know this may come back to bite the the democrats because sanctuary cities were still around at that time yeah as we know Mm -hmm. and we said this is going to be something that that maybe you and i don't know whether the attorney general is going to use this as precedent we'll find out whether they do but it seems logical that they would since it is a supreme court ruling right exactly Boy, they really got to make this an issue going into the election. I think I think the president gets a lot of leverage um, with obviously on border control. He's he owns that, but yeah, they should be using this right now. Eight six six ninety red eye. We'll be right back with more red eye radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. I'm Gary McNamara along with Eric Carley, 86690 Red Eye. It's hour for Freightliner. Run smart. Helping you run more efficiently is Freightliner's number one goal. We'll get to more of your calls and uh, comments coming up here in just a, a, a little bit. Uh, interesting here from the Hill TV. Uh, one of their commentators, Crystal Ball, on Tucker Carlson last night saying the Democratic establishment would rather have four more years of Trump than see Bernie elected. I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't go that far it, yeah. it, because for me, it really isn't about um, you know the, for the far left. Look, they're gonna they're gonna vote for whoever is the nominee. But it is um, it's 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 who shows up. It, it really is about turnout. I mean, it always is, but. It's going to be about turnout. You're going to have to get those people in the middle, you know, to the polls. And I think a lot of them will get to the polls. I think there's going to be some Democrats, though, that that do stay home. They're not as motivated as the far left. And the other thing I want to talk about is Lindsey Graham, you know, telling CBS, Catherine Herridge tweeted this out yesterday, Mm. that uh, hearings could happen on FISA abuse. Right. At the end of February, beginning of March. Wow. As early as the end, which means people like. Comey yeah. and McCabe yes. could be testifying in front of the Senate. Ouch. Ouch. Pop, they're not, they're not popcorn the, may run up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Invest heavily in popcorn right now. Yes. Yeah.
is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Pilot Flying J Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara, RedEyeRadioShow.com. We stream live or get our app, put it on your phone, our Red Eye app. It is so easy, and you can listen to us at your convenience. Well, uh, a couple of other stories here. The best part about uh, Im- impeachment and everything else and Russian mm-hmm. collusion, yeah. just to the background here for a little bit, right, right. is there's other stories that we can you know bring to you. Yes. A lot of other right. stories uh, uh, out there. Ones that make us go, by the way, I smiled. Yeah, unlike uh, impeachment and uh, Russian collusion, these are real things. Uh, this is from uh, CambridgeNews.com from the UK. A, a Cambridge academic has proposed a radical new way to solve climate change. Letting humanity become extinct. Letting. Patricia McCormick, a professor of continental philosophy, has just released her new book, mm-hmm. The A Human Manifesto. The book argues that due to the damage being done to other living creatures on the earth, we should start gradually phasing out our reproduction. Uh, uh, Oh, go ahead. Or, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll just wait. Yeah, you just yeah. just wait because we're yeah. not even to the good part yeah, yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I, yeah. I was go pausing ahead. because it sounded like that you wanted to say something. It's just you're trying to... Oh, there's a lot of things. Well, I, I, haven't, I haven't completed the entire message I, yet. I, yeah, I know. I know. That's why I'm holding back. Go ahead. I'll just turn my mic off. Over. But, but rather than offering a bleak look at the future of humanity, it has generated discussion due to its joyful and optimistic tone... As it sets out a positive view for the future of the earth without mankind. <laughs> Our species will be will be gone, but this sets an optimistic tone overall for the planet with zero human beings. Oh, you can't make this crap up. You just can't. Do we need Will Smith to make the movie again? Yes. <laughs> I wouldn't mind it. One of my favorite movies of all time. It also touches on several hot-button t- topics from religion to being a vegan to the concept of identity politics, oh. tying these into how the creation of our world among humans mm-hmm. has left us blind to the destruction we are causing to our habitat and other forms of life. Okay. Um, all right. Um, I am legend. Um, first of all, going vegan. No, 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 no. Then uh, uh, you would be, uh, what would we call it? A starvitarian. Because, I mean, if if we're all, if, if we should, if man should be extinct, which means, and they're suggesting we should quit procreating then why don't we speed it up and everybody become a starvitarian? Uh, speaking to Cambridge uh, 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 Cambridge Live, uh, Professor McCormick outlined how she came to this point of view 
and how these ideas are not as pr- provocative as they may initially sound. Well, well, <laughs> she has a point because once all the humans are gone, there won't be anybody around to complain about this stupid idea. Are you ready for this, though, now? Uh, okay. How, how did she come to her idea? Let's follow the logic and critical thinking along this path. I was going to follow the trail to the liquor store because oh. she must be drunk. Well, it's like, how did she arrive at this? Edibles. Mm. Uh, yes, yeah, exactly. She said, I arrived at the idea mm. from a couple of directions. Okay. I was introduced to philosophy due to my interest in feminism and queer theory. <laughs> I've never heard of that. <laughs> So reproductive rights have long been of interest to me. This led me to learn more about animal rights, Mm. which is when I became a vegan. Okay. Uh Okay. Do I have to go anymore? Well, I'm wondering why this person is even eating. Why why would you continue to eat? The whole idea is that we need to go away. You don't want to hurt yourself. Why not? I don't know because it hurts. I, I don't think you're. I, then I don't think you care about the planet. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there. But uh, also, the fact is, it's sort of useless mm. in the patriarchal world that we live in, where white male heterosexual and able-bodied people are succeeding, and people of different races, genders, sensualities, and those with disabilities are struggling to get that. This is where the idea of dismantling identity politics come from. They deserve rights, not because of what they are, but because they are. The book also argues that we need to dismantle religion and other overriding powers like the church of capitalism or the cult of self, just to make sure that this is not as provocative as it may seem Hmm. or as radical as it may seem. Yeah, we need to. Well, I guess, look, if if we're going to basically kill off the species, then capitalism is not that important. Uh, no, on the grand scheme of things, right, no. Right, I mean, I, so I give her that. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, all right. Hmm. Well, I the, mean, the, 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 right now in the U.S., we're, we're procreating less, right? I mean, that right. the birth rate is dropping. The yeah. central argument of the A-Human Manifesto can be boiled down to this. Mankind is already enslaved to the point of zombiedom by capitalism. Okay. And because of the damage that this has caused, phasing out reproduction is the only way to repair the damage done to the world. Wow. Well, now that she has explained it to me, I am much more willing to end the species. Yeah, when you put it that way. When you put it that way. Because of capitalism, we have done enough damage. People are basically zombies. Uh-huh. So let's just end the zombie dumb. That's her word, right? not mine. What's ironic is that uh, the whole zombie industry actually drives capitalism, doesn't it? The Walking Dead and all the zombie movies. <laughs> zombie land and Addition- everything else. Yeah, that's true. They want to kill mm-hmm. the humans. Additionally, <laughs> humanity has to see it isn't the single living dominant force, uh-huh. but first it needs to dismantle and establish hierarchy amongst itself. This argument has not received as much disagreement as you might expect. 
because people haven't stopped laughing yet. <laughs> Once they stop laughing, they're going to no, disagree. Everybody's okay with the ideas in the book until they're told they have to act on it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, we'll get back to you on that. Okay. Oh, Many people are surprised it's so joyful. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, that is... Um, oh, I'm not going to make it. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to make it. Uh, people, people wonder why I don't think humans are exceptional dominant beings. But when I ask them why they think that, I never get a good answer back. The way we perceive the world isn't the only one. We never think about animal life. Of course we do. I do. I think about a burger every once in a while. No, we think about it. People, yeah. we, we think about Mother Nature. We think about animal life. I mean, that's just, again, she's setting premises that she's setting a premise that, uh, that, mm. isn't, uh, that isn't true. And why are we exceptional? Mm. Our brain. Mm-hmm. That's not hard. Possible is that, thumbs. Is, is, is that the development of our brain? Mm-hmm. You know what this is? You know, this is the equivalent of, um, this is a, um, <laughs> elitist version of I am Cecil. Remember the lion that was hunted yes. and, and killed? Well, and, 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 and remember people showed up to protest the, the hunter and they were all shouting, I am Cecil. No, you're not. I am Cecil because they, they need to compete on the scale of caring more. This person cares more about animals than you do. I do. I'm starting to get this pattern, though. America can't be exceptional. Uh-huh. Americanism can't be exceptionalism. Mm-hmm. There can be no exceptionalism in America because human beings are not exceptional in any ways. I wonder what this person would think of my faux puppy rug industry. Then again, who's she talking to people on the left? Do you know why you're exceptional? Uh... uh, uh. No. Mm, no. Can I? I, I, um, I, I, I just, I, 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 it? I don't know. I, I, I just, I just got my, my new liquid vape and, and so I, I uh, don't know. I, I eat, I vape. So, so you're right. I'm not exceptional. Was it, was it Nat Geo or Discovery <laughs> that did the, um, the thing, uh, uh, Earth after man or whatever the it yes. was, a, was that the, life, was that a, life, life after, after man, man. was, that, yeah, a, was like that, that a series or did yes just, it was a series was a, yeah because how long could you go on with that because you're just you're basically just guessing now I can tell you what my lawn looks like you know uh, if I go too long without it. it we we can we can come to the conclusion I guess as far as um well speaking of zombies I am legend. That weeds will be growing everywhere and the, the buildings won't be maintained and things will start crumbling and all of this. But at some point, it's just going to get back down to the earth. So that has to be a limited series. It's a weird discussion to have because who cares? And, and that's when I first time I watched that, I said, oh, this is really interesting. And about 15 minutes through, even my non-exceptional brain. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, sat there and went, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Well, all it's saying is you can see many other civilizations and, and cities and villages that 
when they became dust bowls or whatever, what happened to the weed? And yeah, the breakdown of the buildings and yeah, the animals start taking over the buildings. Well, that's just natural. But why do I care? We're not here. <laughs> well, if you want How to does see. it affect any human? Right. It So it really doesn't matter to us. It doesn't affect us. We're gone. What, I'm telling you, this is she is as you she is somebody, I believe, who was taking crack to sober up. Yes. And 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 again, it is it is this uh, tr- trying to be on a higher plane to show that she cares more about the animals than you do. Right. It's the whole I am Cecil thing. Um, it is. Uh, look, it's. You have the discussion for a few minutes, as you said, watch the um, watch the show. Well, the best documentary made about that is I Am Legend. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's, I mean. Except, that's, that's, huh? if it ended today, mm-hmm. the gas sign would say $1.89 at the gas station around the corner from oh. me. Oh, yes. Remember, right. what was it up to in I Am Legend? Oh, uh, what was it? Six something? Six or something, Six yeah. Six something, yeah. yeah. $1.89. Um, yeah. Now, I'd, I'd darn sure drive some of those cool cars, you know. Nobody else is using them. Go to the video store. Talk to the mannequins. You know, watch Shrek every day. Yeah, but you know, you know why that movie totally sucks? Hmm. Because when it, the news came out the other day, remember about two weeks ago, and it yeah. said we may have found a cure for many cancers. Right. First thing that came to my mind was, I am. Here legend. we go. Oh no, the whole world is going to be destroyed. Going to turn people into into zombies. <laughs> exactly. That was. I'm like, wow. Okay, that's why I hate Hollywood. No, um, no I love that movie. That movie. Yeah, is just, I, I, there was a movie, a, movie. A, a while back. I think it's called Children of Men, and it it uh, something had happened. I forget. A post apocalyptic kind of thing where women were unable to conceive. They 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 couldn't, and then all of a sudden, uh, one uh, in this population, all of a sudden they found this woman that was pregnant, and they had to hide her because you know obviously. Uh, they wanted to. There was there were there were a lot of scientists and 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 people and and populations and societies uh, that wanted this person, this woman who could conceive. Now that's an interesting storyline for Hollywood. But you start getting into this nonsense. But this is where the liberals are. How dare you have a big family? How dare you procreate at all? You're evil for existing. Well, there's no such thing as human exceptionalism. That's the thing I, right. that, that, you right. know, it's a right. forget about American exceptionalism. Human beings aren't exceptional. I ask people why, and they can't tell you. Well, I bet you the majority of people that are sober can. Yes. Um, why are human beings exceptional? Our brain? Problem is finding those people that are sober. Yeah, exactly. Because apparently something well, is spreading. I don't know well, what it is. Well, when she said she can't find people, when she asked that question, why are we an exceptional species? Well, that, that would be easy, correct? Yep. The only reason, the reason that we are dominant is because of our brain. Yeah. This is where the left is, though. The left, something that is absolutely obvious to everyone, they claim nobody knows. Well, certainly they do. Of course they do. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara.
And Red Eye Radio, he is Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Uh, Let's head to you uh, about New Hampshire, the election, and more. We go to Charles in Alabama. Charles, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hey, how you doing, guys? Very good. Um, two things the Democrats are worried about. First of all, they know Joe is sinking like a ship, and they are afraid of what Bernie is doing. But most of all, they see the polls that... 40% of um, black America is supporting Donald Trump, and they know they can't win without the black vote. And so those are the numbers that the media not even talking about. They know this is happening, and they are imploding. They're imploding because they are really showing who they really are, socialists. And, you know, they can't hide this anymore with Bernie on the scene and, and the, the numbers are, and the black community are favoring Trump. They're just imploding and don't know what to do right now. Yeah, I think they are lost, uh, Charles, and, and thank you. We appreciate the call and the input. It, it is um, because we, we you go back to, uh, was it Rasmussen that had uh, the black support at 42% for 42%, the 42%, yes. And uh, now Biden has strong black support. I haven't seen that on a national scale just yet. I, I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Um, he does have support uh, from the black community. But Biden is imploding. That's the problem. He's not strong as a candidate. Biden no longer has that confident posture that the president has. You mentioned this, uh, I don't know how many times, about the president's posture and his presence, um, which has been consistent his entire adult life. And you look at that and, you know, he commands the room that he walks into. Uh, he has that confident posture. Biden just looks like he's scrambling his eyes especially. And he's very combative on the campaign trail when someone asks him a question. Um, he's going to have to. He's going to have to stop doing that. I don't know what they do, but if he, if, what they're going to have him do, but he's going to have to stop doing that. I started thinking of the pony soldier, the lion pony soldier. There's another yeah, word in there. Dog somewhere. face. Uh, dog face. The dog face. Yeah, yes, lion, yeah. dog face, pony soldier. And I thought to myself, is he trying to outdo Trump? Right. The thought actually came into my mind. Is there a part of these candidates that at the same time they they say, you know, we can't have this type of president that the words that come out of their mouths and the things that they do can be just as outrageous. And part of them think that they have to do that in order to win. Yeah. Uh, by the way, if Trump called a female a dog face. Oh, yeah. Oh, here's your forecast. Locally heavy rain, mountain snow, and gusty winds will impact the desert southwest, at least through the rest of the day today. Colorado, New Mexico, and Arizona getting the brunt of the snow. Southern Arizona, southern New Mexico, all rain. As you move over to northern Texas, you might even pick up some icing conditions, especially in the overnight hours. Also into central Texas, we have a chance for thunderstorms today. That system will be moving into Louisiana and producing a line of showers from Louisiana into Alabama and northern Georgia throughout the day. And rain, along with the system, will move from Louisiana all the way up through New Jersey today. For the second week in a row, we'll see at least five inches of rain from eastern Texas into southern Missouri and northern Louisiana, all the way in through the lower Ohio Valley. The setup is there. We're definitely going to see some flash flooding in the region. Your national forecast from Red Eye Radio. I'm meteorologist John Trout. Your forecast is brought to you by the TruckSmart mobile app from Travel Centers of America. Download TruckSmart today to get what you need when you need it.
have more flexibility after the election. Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, the New Hampshire uh, primary. We'll see whether this goes a little bit more smoothly than the caucuses. <laughs> yeah. I'm just waiting. I mean, seriously, if this, if, if something happens here, uh, if, if they have another glitch, that's, that's just going to be a mess. That's just going to be a mess. A uh, bunch of other stories here. The wash, this again from Fox, the Washington establishment's main goal in every election is to retain their access to the levers of power and not let uh, otherwise unaffiliated candidates like Senator Bernie Sanders take that access away. According to the Hill TV commentator, Crystal Ball told Fox News that Sanders makes the Democratic establishment apprehensive because they understand he will not be inviting to them if he wins in November. These are all people whose power comes from their access to the established world consultants whose grift is based on a certain deal flow from the DNC. And they know what you said about they prefer Trump to Bernie. That's exactly right, because they know that under Sanders administration, all of that access and all of that deal flow, all of that is gone and it is truly over for them. Wow. Yeah, you know... um, it it's it's just it it this whole thing is just just panning out to be uh such a huge mess um i don't know if they'd rather have four more years of trump though (laughs) well but no i mean it's it's not that it's just that they can't well what i said what i said a couple weeks ago uh maybe beginning of last week what if there are no winners i mean i was joking obviously there's going to be a winner but i went back to um nate silver's 538 a little while ago and i had to recheck the number and this changes uh every day uh this was updated just a few hours ago the democratic primary forecast sanders two and five in other words a two and five that's just a 40 percent chance of becoming the nominee no majority still at three in ten, nearly thirty percent chance. That's actually higher than it was the other day. It was I think one in four, twenty-five percent chance that there would be no majority. In other words, you get to let what if we get to March third and it's it's neck and neck and well, March third, they're talking about a brokered convention. That, exactly. I that, wasn't. I mean, that's that's Hillary's. Yes, you know that's <laughs> Hillary's hope. A brokered convention. That's you know, a, possibly could be Bloomberg's hope. A brokered convention. Well, well, that, man, is he running a lot of commercials? Yeah, he's spending a ton of money. Uh, he put two hundred million in his own little war chest and spent most of that. And I'm assuming he's going to write himself if he hasn't already another check. Um, but y- you go back to that. Uh, what was it, uh, two weeks ago, that article in Politico. And that is, it's basically, the, the, the gist of it is, if Bernie's the guy, they don't, the, the party doesn't really want to attack him if, if, it, if it looks like he's going to be the nominee, but they don't want him to be the nominee because they think he can't win over Trump. Then why weren't they 
why weren't they critical of him to this level six months ago? Exactly. No, that's if, a great point. I've, I've, I sit back and I see whether it's, uh, and we have mentioned it's uh, uh, Chris, Chris Matthews, mm-hmm. uh, James uh, Carvel. Who else? Uh, over uh, the line? Van Jones. Van, uh, uh, Van Jones was a different yeah. take, but it wasn't right. specifically about burning. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Van Jones and others that have been coming out, other mainstream establishment people just saying, you know, that this is insane where they're going and mm-hmm. the whole concept of socialism now, which is an attack at Bernie. Yeah, right, that, that right, right. they're they're going after Bernie when they're talking about socialism. This is coming from Democrats. Well, why weren't you? Uh, the last time I heard Democrats criticizing the term socialism was back in 2008 when the media was saying socialism is the new N word because it's being directed at Obama. Right. Other than that, they've really dropped it and sort of embraced it. Where was the criticism of Sanders a month ago, two months ago? Three months ago, four months ago, where was the organized, where was the, what What you have to realize is the establishment is not being defeated. The establishment Democrats uh, are not being defeated by, by Bernie Sanders, but where the Democrat Party is going by the rank and file, the truly loyal Democrats, it may not be the rank and file voter out there, but those delegates those people that make up the Democrat Party, they support the philosophy of AOC. Mm-hmm. Here's my point. If you weren't actively going crazy about AOC, and I'm talking about all these commentators now that are coming out about Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is simply a representation of the people that are voting for him, including AOC, who endorsed him. They're as radical as you can get. Except for Tim Ryan that was looking at Nancy Pelosi back a couple of years ago Mm -hmm. when he ran against her and said, we have to stop this identity politics. Well, now Pelosi is aboard, in essence, the AOC and Sanders bandwagon because that's where impeachment came from. Right. And so... They were all for it. They were when they thought that they when when they were in the midst of their own Trump derangement syndrome. They were all for the philosophy of socialism. All of a sudden, now they must be looking at the numbers in their internal polls and going, "Oh no!" And seeing then what really upset them is they figured that when they when they started getting an inkling that the turnout for Iowa wasn't there, that's when they all started turning at that point. And that's when they realized, uh-oh, what we've been doing over the last three years hasn't worked. Because it, it comes down to the um, uh, the uh, the phrase cocktail socialist, which is what they used to call Barack Obama, right? In other words, someone who would just sit around and talk about these ideas um, and work slowly through his administration to enact more socialist policies. But when you get to Bernie... Bernie's been Bernie's been Bernie for a long, long, long time. If if you, I think we mentioned this in 2016, but had you said I don't know back in 2000 or so he he would be a real contender one day for president, we would have laughed. He's called himself a socialist for how long? Forever. He was talking communist philosophy yes, in the 70s. Exactly. So he's consistent, except for the fact that, and everybody talks about it, but it gets back to what you said. People want the gimmeism. It's not socialism. It's gimmeism. 
Right. They want the free college. They want the free health care. They, they don't want the takeism, which is when the government comes and takes more of your money to pay for it. Remember, Bernie said last year, I forget, it was a couple of months ago, uh, the American people uh, would be happy to pay for it. Hmm. Well, words, you, you're going to be happy to hand over your entire check to the government. To show the lunacy, we've all known the socialist mindset that has existed in the Democrat Party mm-hmm. and really come to the forefront since 2018. Yes. You have Chris Matthews. Now, we we understand he... And he calls Trump reactionary. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, he he's going ape yeah, over. He's he, he's talking about shooting people, executing people in Central Park if socialism takes over. Yeah, right. And and this is on MSNBC that he's talking about that. Where was your fear of socialism taking over the Democrat Party two years ago right. or four years four ago? Years ago. You know, it it came out again yesterday in 2009, Schumer talking about illegal immigration, Obama talking about illegal immigration. They sound as tough or tougher than Trump Mm -hmm. in their rhetoric that they're using. Right. Compared to Trump now, which is saying, you know, if you see Trump now, no, we need to protect our borders and but we do need legal immigration. Right. We need more workers here because the job growth and blah, blah, blah. But when you see. The, especially the, the, the Schumer and the Obama, when Obama's like, we can't allow this to go on. Mm-hmm. And Schumer, the same thing. So we're talking about in just the last real 10 years. Mm-hmm. You know, where, whatever happened to the Democrats, whatever happened to the Democrats in the media that supported that back then. Don't jump on this bandwagon now that Bernie is bad when you supported him all along until the results of Iowa started coming in and you went, oh, there's no excitement. Nobody bought into our three years of ATDS, acute Trump derangement syndrome. Oh, we should have been paying attention to what our own party was doing and we failed to do that. Oh, no, now we're all lost. All is all is doomed. It's your own fault. Where did you think it was headed? Yeah. You you played with the far left. You went with what the far left was doing, and all of a sudden you object to it? Don't give me this. You're they, only changing your mind because you, now you're scared. Yes. It's, and, it, you know, I don't, I don't remember seeing an entire party flinch. But, and maybe it's, okay, entire party is probably little over the top but the what the driver of the party i mean you look at the right now where the party is going and how many have called out essentially the entire group but how worried and the liberal media is pointing this out how worried the party is over bernie we see the numbers with warren we see what's happening after you know she came out with the no billionaires and you know, well, we've got to we've got to just basically start taking everybody's wealth that's already been taxed from them until there are no billionaires. Now, I know Bernie's been saying similar things for a long time, but he had the energy that she didn't have in his campaign left over from 2016. But they start doing the real research, and it's exactly I'm I'm telling you, their internals are showing exactly what you were saying. 
No, people want free stuff. They they don't want to pay for it. 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Let's go to Mark in Houston. Mark, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hello. I'm, I was just curious as to why Bernie doesn't let the other candidates admit that they're socialists just like he is. Instead of he, he has the guts to say who he is. The other people don't. That's the difference. If I were Bernie... I would be calling that, calling calling them out on 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 the issues that they're pretty much no different than his. Well, that's the last thing you want to do as a candidate. You want to you want to point out that you are different, right? You want to point out Sanders is pointing out. See, you it sounds like you view socialism as a negative. He doesn't. He views socialism as a positive. They view it as a negative. He wants that separation. Mm-hmm. His people are the last thing he wants to do is say, look, they're all just they're all like me. Mm-hmm. Why would he do that? No, no he's no. at the top because he is the one that's proudly saying I'm a socialist. Yep. Yep. And it's not, you know, um, the thing is, is that uh, I I think that he's at that point where, you know, he's always been a proud socialist, but he's. He's, I think, in his mind, he's doing what the caller is is saying, or he's, I guess, angry that everybody else is taking his ideas he's been promoting for years. Now, it used to be, uh, going back to, like, Hillary Care, right? Uh, we've talked about single-payer, I don't know, forever in the political cycle. But for Bernie, it's always been right out there. And now everybody, of course, on the far left is catching up with him. And he's probably saying, you know, yeah, well, they're stealing all my ideas. But the good news is, at least right now, for him, he's leading. He's He's got energy in his campaign, and he's resonating uh, with people on the ground. Not so much the party, but, but, but the rank-and-file Democrat, at least a number of them. How many uh, remains to be seen? Just doing some uh, reading here on the, the whole brokered convention mm-hmm. and when you look at it uh it's almost sanders is in first place brokered convention is in second place right now as you had pointed yeah. out before yeah 24 24 chance of a brokered convention well, uh, 28 actually right now nate silver has three and ten now oh is it 28 okay yeah it was it was one and it was <laughs> one in four uh just a few days ago okay, I'm now reading, it's, I'm reading now it's 28 where am i reading this is the hill.com from uh okay this was yesterday uh, this is yeah. This yeah. is from four hours ago. Okay, this three is, and ten. This is yesterday morning. Then when okay. it could have changed by because yeah. the, the the polls changing, which means broken convention is leading mm-hmm. then. Well, no, uh, Bernie has two and five, which is forty four percent, and then no one being the brokered convention twenty eight percent. Oh, then oh Biden okay. Look at it the eye. Okay, this okay. is the yeah. Perfect. This is the forecast. Okay. Yeah. So right. so and it will change, but that's interesting. That it's still in second place.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One.